0: Welcome to another edition of Mass Mads and Mayhem. I am your host Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey seventy five. You can find the entire show on Twitter at mmmshow Show seventy five. And um, we're joined today by our our logo. I don't know yeah. if you can see it down there now. We Byron and I have been playing around for like the last ten minutes with this friggin'
1: logo. Go ahead and introduce yourself, then I'll introduce the logo, Byron. Yeah, um, yeah. Where's the? I'm trying to watch the. I'm trying to watch. The bro- I found the broadcast. I just want to know that I'm pointing at the right spot
0: it's over it's over here, I think,
1: or is it over here? I don't know. there's a <laughs> delay, so I'm just <laughs> can we just pause for 30 seconds? Lame. when I do this and then this or whatever, and then I look at the thing and see how it plays it doesn't help because I'm just haphazardly pointing. you're just pointing you're just pointing all willy-nilly anywhere pretty much so i think i think it's right here look at our new logo that's cool <laughs> um i'm byron you can find me at byron fever on twitter instagram and also the ps4 network if you're playing wwe 2k17 and it hasn't deleted your entire um digital history of your entire life uh, link up with me and that's um I'm not going to play online.
0: Is that a thing? Is that some kind of known uh, glitch? Well, has
1: there are numerous glitches. There are countless glitches, including some very insensitive um, Owen Hart themed glitches of of people falling from oh of arenas. I I'm not the one who actually made that glitch, so don't look at me. Don't get mad at me about that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I know you're a programmer. I mean, there's a
1: thing where um. First of all, as soon as you get the game, there's an 11 gigabyte patch you have to download before you even play, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> and then... Um,
0: well, so it's it's fixes for stuff that's hard-coded?
1: Yeah. Probably right off the bat? Well, yeah. Hey,
0: at least they know. At least the day the game came out, they were like, hey, by the way, that version that you purchased actually isn't complete. Why don't you add this?
1: But it's still not good. There's a huge glitch that happens every single game, apparently, where if... In the first edition, which I guess 1.1 right now is the first uh, draft of this game, uh, when you're on the menu screen of the game and you put your computer, to, uh, your PS4 to sleep, then it will delete all of the game saves for the game. That doesn't sound cool. No. <laughs> no. It's happened to a few people. These, so these
0: sound cool like problem. things that I don't like. No. Um, well, hey, back to our, our watermark and our logo. I got to yes. uh big props out to Charlie DeMarco who went way above and beyond, by the way, to uh, hook us up with a very pro style logo and a whole like style guide and like telling us idiots how not to screw it up. Even though I'm sure we already have in like the first 24 hours that we've had the logo. But
1: ah, oh, I um, fucked it up actually. I just I just remembered. What and I when uh, before I sent this to you to do the watermarking of it Uh, i was gonna hashtag mmm show underneath it oh yeah you didn't do that so now nobody knows where to find us
0: well i mean look hey we can always try another one for next week that's the one for this week and uh we literally like it hot off the presses just got these new logos
1: so hopefully we'll
0: have some shirts and hats and i don't know i think it got bigger but i think it could still be
1: bigger yeah am i nuts am i crazy here Hey, if you have a podcast on YouTube and you put watermarks on it, uh, logos like this, um, hit us up because we have questions.
0: The other thing I can't figure out today with YouTube is the little, the picture in picture thing that we normally get. Maybe it only works when there's three people on the the cast. I don't know.
1: Oh yeah, that's
0: a bummer. At least the watermark's there. But yeah, so you can't see me making faces at Byron in the background when he's talking and vice versa. I don't mind but that. That might be a good thing too. Um, look, there's a few things to talk about. Um, as you guys may have noticed, the the Lucha Gringo is not here. He is on vacation. Is he oversleeping like usual? No, that was you. What a that loser. was you. That mm. was that was you that said let's do this thing at nine AM and then showed
1: up at like nine fifty. I said I will try to make it and then, well,
0: then you, I mean you can't schedule a podcast appearance say you're going to be there and then expect that there's still some podcasts left to do when you show up i mean it was why fine didn't that you, you just showed do the, the
1: mma stuff first and then we could have done the important stuff when i got on
0: well because people are used to a certain flow of the show and speaking of that flow without further ado i'm gonna jump right into lucha underground season three episode yeah. six the open road to revenge and uh, all open roads lead to the temple. This one, um, talking about revenge, geez, oh, man. Last week, uh, Dragon Azteca Jr. and Rey Mysterio kind of uh, bonded together at a moment to take out Chavo and get Dragon Azteca a chance to face Pentagon, which is not really a reward in my opinion, but that's what he wanted, and that's what he got. And... um, Chavo right off the bat in this episode is uh, putting a worse beat down on him than Pentagon might have. Pentagon introduced him or uh, Chavo introduced Dragon Azteca to his amigo, his steel amigo, right in his face parts that a was, lot of times.
1: It was so brutal. Uh, I just, I really wish that I was there for the conversation where they are talking to the wrestlers and they go, all right, so Chavo's going to beat you down with these brutal chair shots. And it's going to put you out for your match later. And then, then they tell Dragon and Sega Jr. he doesn't actually have to be in the shot for it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, well, the very first chair shot he actually took in scene and then the rest of it was like this first person, like camera looking at the chair, beating it down kind of thing, which was awesome. Something that you don't definitely uh, don't see in wrestling every week. And, uh,
1: you know, Lucha's coming. The whole open. thing was uh, it was like a movie, which makes like it's just it's almost like the less is more as far as like making everyone be chatting, having them do the stunts for a backstage beatdown. Like you can have on other shows stuff where you have like giant, you know, travel, you know, tour cases where people get pushed into them and it makes a lot of noise and people can actually get hurt. And And but it looks really lame. Whereas here. They shot it like a movie. They had very simple interactions between everyone. They had just the one tracking shot of Ray walking by Chavo. And they didn't really say anything. It was just in the look. But that whole thing just set up the tone. It told the story right. It established all the character relations and, and all the tension. And it brings you into it. And you invest in the whole thing.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they're even throwing in little backstory stuff like uh, Chavo sees the picture in Dragon Azteca Jr.'s locker room and he says, you know, my dad kicked uh, Dragon Azteca's ass that night or something. It was just like, wow, that's a nice little touch. Weird, but nice. I got really Um, mad at
1: Chavo for that. That was disrespectful. Oh, perfectly
0: disrespectful. But this is the kind of stuff that's going to get a guy like Chavo over. It's like, think about all the heelish stuff that Chavo had to do in WCW and WWE. And, and busting his butt and, you know, throwing guys into road cases backstage, like you said, and all sorts of stuff to try to get heel heat. Whereas, here you go in a couple of minutes, eh, You know, Chavo is, is adding heel on top of heel. This isn't just him. This isn't lying, cheating, and stealing. This is beating, wrecking, and pillaging here. This is like a whole new level of Chavo. And here's my theory. Um, I think Skip has realized that this is actually a job now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like... You know, I don't know Skip's full story, and I wish we had asked Eric Van Wagner and maybe a little more about it. But it's like, yeah. it sounds like Skip was already working for Rodriguez, and he was part of the network. Um, and you know, Rodriguez was kind of like, "Hey, you know, why don't you go down to the wrestling show that we're doing? Check it out. See if you guys can, you know, see if you can throw those guys a hand and kind of help them, you know, understand the look that I like. You know, because obviously Skip knows what what Robert likes, so." I feel like, you know, skip comes down there and he's like, Oh, we could do this, 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 and this, and it just like turned into this whole other thing. But now, and it was like, he just keeps showing up and they just keep doing it and they do more and it's kind of organic and breathing. But now it's like, no, we're crafting this shit ahead of time. We're blocking it out. We're doing stunt sequences. We're shooting first person. We're adding flashbacks. We're, we're doing tracking shots. And it's not just like making a regular wrestling backstage vignette look cool. Now, they're shooting a movie that is part of the show I mean it's just like what they would do from *Dust till dawn or one are their other shows on the network
1: yeah it's I mean, crazy it's it's, it's incredible uh, normally you watch the season by season on their Underground and you see the adjustments um, you can see the improvements you can see all right instead of these colorful characters and the dark grungy background now the background is lit and not in like the cheesy way of let's put a blue light behind a couch and shine it on the wall. It's like you have these colors like these reds and yellows and, and greens and stuff. And, but now season three, it starts getting more complex. You're using like a lot more of like the glow in the dark black, uh, black light paint. Um, things are getting a lot more intricate and it's not like the Lucha Underground look. Everything has its own look now. And it's just, it's really great. And, the 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 scenes though are just. Skip um, had the idea for the first uh, Puma promo. If right. Watch old But they were uh, still. It was still just originally a promo. Like yeah. how
0: much of this was really the plan to go where they're going? I don't making these, it was because. Rodriguez esque novellas backstage.
1: Yeah. Well, you have uh, f- for what everyone's bringing to the table. You have a reality. Uh, you know, re- a reality show presentation and you have a wrestling show presentation, like a lot of, the only person really bringing in this cinematic look is skip and, um, and, and, and and Matt Hardy and Matt Hardy, yeah, Matt Hardy, um, by the Matt way, Hardy. Matt Hardy is revolutionizing the wrestling business right now. And I, I think I hear he's in negotiations to get um, to not only shoot a whole, a whole episode of impact at his house, which is awesome because then you don't even have to get out of your pajamas. He wants to buy TNA, change the name to, to after like one of his broken, uh, trademarks. Well, look,
0: um, get- broken TNA would almost be a little too on the nose. I, I don't I think, think he, he wants should do that.
1: TND, like total nonstop deletion, something like that. <laughs> and then, but he's oh, also God. trying to book new day on that show too. He wants to have just a, like a tag team, um, Whatever, better royal shot, I don't know. But, um, (laughs) I
0: I think you missed it, but, uh, my buddy, uh, Uncle Tony is in, uh, Decay or Delete, and then he was in the, he's the guy in the truck who gets beat up and, and his pants pulled down and bad things happen to him. But, uh, I didn't see that. What? No, I think you, you weren't, you weren't on the show last week when Casey and I were talking about, but hopefully we'll get Uncle Tony on the show one of these days and talk to him about, uh, uh, performing in his underpants and taking a bump to some bushes on TNA.
1: (laughs) That sounds, that sounds professional. (laughs) No, but, um, but, but what, what I was saying though, is like, as far as like, uh, the concept the the proof of concept, when they put together their show, they, there was no, you can get some of this in some of the earlier discussions, um, interviews with like Eric and the people making the show. They didn't have this whole idea until Skip put together that that Puma promo. Yeah, and
0: and everyone gives DJ and EB Dub all the credit that they rightfully deserve, but at the same time, dude, Skip is on another level, guys. This guy is a baller when it comes to making these backstage segments. And I believe he's listed as an EP on the show
1: too, right? He should be. I think think he
0: is because he came in from network. I mean, he was pretty much Rodriguez's guy.
1: Yeah. It's like, you want Robert Rodriguez to make your show. He sends skip.
0: Yeah. He was basically quality control for, for the look and feel of a Rodriguez product. And you got Evie dub, who was the guy that was there for the look and feel and the quality of MGM and, and Burnett. Um, it's I bet those guys are having fun this week sitting on those tapes. Sorry, Evie dub. I wonder if people are bugging him like to the, Try to get the tapes from Burnett. And, and Burnett bet, like, even said himself, he's like, dude, these aren't my tapes. My company is owned by MGM. I can't just give you stuff. It's not just me here. You have like lawyers yeah. and partners and like, you know, Japanese investors. We can't just give away our footage. Like,
1: I mean, you want to you do that or you want people to do that. But yeah, it's like when you make a show, the network usually owns the rights to the footage that you film for the show because they pay for it. So you really can't do that and then all the content. Yeah, but it's are, not a
0: network it's not a network owned show. I believe it's an MGM owned show. I oh, believe the really? same way, yeah. I don't think that it's not a it wasn't a back pitch. So oh, okay. I think they actually own the show. And I believe Burnett owns most of, of his shows, you know, Good or co owns them with the networks. There's a few places like that. A lot of the pilgrim shows are like that too. It's just um, a sure.
1: it's a slippery slope when when you sell out your your um talent on a show for whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. But anyway, I just find it interesting, and I wonder if yeah. uh if they're having to deal with that nonstop because that's just like not what you want to wake up and go to work and deal with like something from three years ago where some idiot said something else, and now you're forced in a position to try to out them and you know me, Byron. I have filmed and worked with many many yeah. an idiot where I have not wanted to give up the goods on them as much as I would love to see them be called out for being an idiot and I, I can neither confirm or or deny that. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably wise because you don't yeah. want the lawyers calling you. Um, match number one, Dr. Wagner with Famous B
1: versus Son of Havoc and Masquerita Sagrada. Um, How much fun is it just to have Famous in the ring, just doing whatever? And I then, think it's
0: a very BN, 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 BN look for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like his new jacket. It's His business arrangement seems to be working out better for him now too, but it's... It's just, it's so awesome. It's so entertaining.
0: Yeah, and here's the brilliant part. All this time, you know Famous B is doing the right thing because I had completely forgotten that the dude has never won (laughs) in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Like, he's that mesmerizing and he's that good on the stick that all this time I had completely, I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't think of one single match that B has won, uh, which is hilarious. And I, I didn't remember that until Vampiro so kindly reminded us, and B, you need to get Vampiro on the payroll, man, because he's just out in your whole deal. He
1: needs,
0: he, he needs a bit of hype, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what he's got Brenda for. And yeah. I love, love Vampiro's commentary on how annoying she was and how bad her Spanish was and this, that, and the other thing. It's hilarious. Like, how exactly are B and Brenda talking to Wagner because the 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 got to be losing something in the translation there. Wagner thinks that he's in the best position ever and has no idea what's going on, does he?
1: I think they just they hand him money and he just nods and follows them to the ring and beats someone up.
0: And here's the thing, and I've said this before. We were talking about AAA and I said this, and I can talk about this with Lucha Underground now too. Wagner's old man. He is mm-hmm. somebody's great grandfather, I think. And this this fool. His work rate is still amazing. He is mm-hmm. not looking like Vader versus Osprey here. This is not some dude who is about to collapse uh, you know, in the ring at all. This grandpa goes and, and goes yeah. good, doesn't blow spots. I mean, dude's freaking amazing for his age. And I don't even know how old he is, but I, I, I've known of Wagner since I, I was yay yeah. high to a hockey puck.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you look at Vader, he has to put his hand on his knee every time he stands up. And Wagner's just hell, Rey Mysterio has to do that.
0: I mean, Ray Ray is. Yeah, old.
1: no, but that's but at this point, those aren't even Ray's knees. So <laughs> No, they're Steve Austin's he has, first he has knees. To ask for permission <laughs> to put his hand on someone else's knee that's attached to a leg. Like. Um But uh yeah, no, Wagner was great. That was just that was a fun match. I mean, you have mascarina got a
0: mascarina got a ton of offense in that was also amazing
1: the the motorcycle driving i remember at the taping watching you could see um son of havoc go do a couple laps or whatever going around on the motorcycle and sometimes at the tapings you you get a little glimpse of props like that and you get really excited but you don't know what they're for okay then, but so
0: now at least we know that son of havoc can actually ride a motorcycle and he doesn't just have to ride bitch to Ivalice.
1: That's, yes. Even
0: though it was a motorcycle with a sidecar, which is considerably easier.
1: Yes, I mean he doesn't have to balance it, which I'm sure was helpful. <laughs> but
0: there was a lot of talk that he couldn't even actually ride a motorcycle. And come on, people, the guy can ride a
1: motorcycle. It's not. He that. can ride a motorcycle. He's the man. But when they when they drove in, and then Masquerita stood up and gave the middle finger, it was the best moment.
0: It was the best. No, moment no, no, the- no. He was telling Famous, "Be your number one."
1: Yeah. You're number one <laughs> he comes in he starts fucking people up and then he's like firing up this little dude just firing up and the whole temple's going nuts it was awesome and uh, but the one of the big concerns um that i had on this match aside from all the fun stuff was when they did the the two faces to the double dive outside and uh oh, just go ahead first <gasps> Just he it just plunk
0: right into the bike. Yeah, and it was like one of the guys in the front row was picking him up. Like, dude, was I supposed to catch you? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, but Maskey seemed fine. Yeah, you know. But uh, the good news is, you know, he was in the ring with a doctor, so everything should be fine. Yeah, they checked him out, and uh, well, Famous B pinned him with the stethoscope just to just to check and make sure he wasn't a little short of breath.
1: Yeah. That was that was good. I would like um that Famous won a match. Yeah, Famous won a match. What the hell? Get my shoe.
0: What is Get going on shoe. here?
1: <laughs> uh, it was awesome, but it's like you have a match with with um Famous and Masquerita who um who are not like full-time competitive people on the show and they still put together a really They just—they designed a really great, entertaining match. Everyone had good spots. So I thought that was really cool. And um, Dr. Wagner keeps picking up victories. I wonder where that momentum will go.
0: Well, I I mean, you know, I I don't know if they'll put the belt on him. I don't know how they feel. I mean, he's so heavily involved in the storylines down in AAA. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems like, you know Tejano and Dr Wagner and some of these guys that are really entrenched down there there's not a rush to put the belt on them because they don't really need that kind of rub but it's cool for them to get the exposure in the states so you know yeah. I'd like to see him I'd like to see him in some high profile matches um, and you know that, yeah as long as that beca- I I kind of want to see him versus Daga but you know I think in AAA Daga is so considerably kind of lower on the totem pole than Wagner that I don't know that I would we would see that match here in the I haven't States. seen Daga in a while. Yeah, where is Daga? Well, didn't Cobra Moon drag him off or something weird last we saw him? In <laughs> your just... trailer? No, I mean like at the end of last season. I don't even remember what his storyline was. He had some kind of storyline going, didn't he? He had a thing with Cobra Moon, but I don't think we saw what happened that's what i'm saying that that's that's it that's the last we know of him so maybe and she hasn't been around yet this season either so no maybe but we'll, you know uh, who is gonna come around who's the that? rabbit tribe dude what the trippy what what was that whole effing deal i like? just
1: want to see that rabbit in the ring just doing lucha <laughs> arm drags
0: I or whatever that. the rabbit represents um that was another trippy follow the white rabbit thing, and that one was a little even more cryptic. Like, yeah. I have a feeling that we're getting, e- even from what we've seen at live tapings, I have a feeling we're going to be getting a whole lot more backstage than we're even remotely prepared for.
1: I just, they just need to start putting, they need to bring them. I don't know if the deal is like the rabbit tribe just kind of takes their time with everything they do, and they're on the way, but then they kind of are like, doing they they get sort of like sidetracked by sort of chilling out somewhere
0: (laughs) you know well they might be a little (laughs) little waylaid they might they might need a babysitter when they do show up just to make sure everything is groovy you know what i'm saying
1: yeah but they gotta they gotta get on the show i can't wait for the rabbit tribe to show up
0: i'll
1: tell you what i'll tell you what we should do byron
0: we should wait to the end of the season then we should make a video of every segment involving the rabbit tribe. And then we should eat like a bunch of acid or mushrooms and just watch them all back to back and lose our damn minds. What do you think?
1: I don't, I don't know. Those are bad things. Um, like green tea. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Drink some green tea. I'm not actually recommending
0: anyone do that because with these segments, I think you'll lose your damn mind. They're trippy enough on their own.
1: I don't want to promote drug use. I, I really am against stealing gimmicks from the last real heels. Just remember, one second can be forever. Follow
0: the rabbit. Um, so match two, gift to the gods. Yeah. Uh, Casey's favorite sexy star versus everyone's favorite Jack Evans. Jack, um, what slam poetry, nasty, nas, crazy verbal excrement <laughs> came out of Jack at the beginning of this match. The Where whole did match. that come from? Oh, well, yeah, uh, y- I'm used to it during that, but then like he yeah. cuts this promo where it's just like deaf comedy Jack or something. Wanna, What's going on? I want to watch it again. You should. Um, I don't. I, I don't even remember half of what he said in it. It was just like what,
1: it's been. What, yeah. what? it's been fun watching Jack pout the past couple of weeks or past couple of times he's been on. But when he's on the show talking shit nonstop, it just feels. Like, everything is right. And I was rooting for him by the end of it. He gets up there, calls himself the Star Destroyer. I'm like, yeah! I mean, Do this that, is- like Destroy
0: that star. Get that belt, Jack. That's yours. This is so... It's so weird to me, too, because people, I'm here to tell you, without spoiling anything, the whole Jack-Taya uh, Worldwide Underground storyline was shot so out of order for the entire season I don't, I think it was just because certain people could be there on certain weekends. Like you didn't see Taya yeah. at this one, but this was actually filmed before the last one with Taya, I believe, because she came in the second weekend of tapings or couldn't make the first weekend. of tap- So like, so <laughs> bizarrely out of order that it's yeah. a brand new storyline to me because I have no clue with what we actually saw in the temple, what was going on compared to what's coming on air. And, uh, and I wasn't at this taping where Jack cut this promo. So I'm watching this thing like, what the hell! Amazing.
1: Um, I was at it. It's funny to watch the audience in the matches, but yeah, this is where this is where like you have DJ talking about how they tried to on other shows. I think like with the heels how they tried to mix it up with their taping schedule, so you couldn't really just follow it in a linear path. What was going on? But I also think it's just scheduling. Like I remember, and talked about how he was. When he was promoting Lucha Underground in an interview, he was talking about how he was healthy and he was coming back. But that was like while they were filming, and he hadn't been to tapings, and he mentioned he was going to go and like start filming in a certain month. And I realized, oh, he, they're just going to book him for this time and do all of his stuff then. Right. And just slide it all in. Why not? I mean, you yeah. don't.
0: As long as you have the other talent there, I mean, some talent are going to have to bend to it because if he's working angles with six different people over the course of the season. Obviously, whatever weekend he shows up, he might do four matches, but those four people have to be there.
1: You know, everybody for those angles has to be there. And the way the stories play out, there's like, I'm not exactly sure if there's a consistent cycle. Well, let's say there's a four-episode cycle, you're running story and character development for everyone over those four episodes. So you you do like your Pentagon episode, you do your um, Sexy Star episode, you do your... Whatever episode, your weapons of mass destruction, like everyone gets another notch moving along and then but it's kind of
0: cool for the tapings, too, because then yeah. you show up and you go to to a weekend of tapings, which can be for anywhere from four to seven episodes worth of stuff. And you, get, you do get like a complete feeling of what's happening with certain characters because they'll wrestle three or four matches sometimes. So you can mm-hmm. see it. Now, did you think it was weird? Did it feel weird to you that Taya wasn't there when everyone else is doing their run-ins at the end of this, this match? Watching it? Um... I noticed it immediately. But that's because as soon as I see Mundo now, I associate her yeah. with that. And I'm expecting if he sneaks in from one side, that she's going to sneak in and Kendo stick somebody from the right. other side.
1: I I mean watching it knowing some behind the scenes stuff and being there um I just I I kind of glossed over it but it is and and then when I saw that it was brought up I I noticed and then immediately thought of why she wasn't there. I think she had some travel issues or something or or an injury. Some sort of reason why she wasn't at tapings for a while and then well-
0: it can play perfectly with the story the way but, they cut it last week though because remember at the end of the, the match last
1: week she was selling an injury. It'll be interesting to um, it'll be interesting to see how they play with that, how they use that. If they use that as intentional storytelling. Or if they are just trying to get away with that she wasn't there that day. Yeah,
0: and it's weird too, because with only three matches a week you might not see the next piece of the worldwide Underground story for a week or two or three. Yeah. You might not get it next week.
1: Um, well, anyway, so this match... I'm sorry, I'm eating an apple. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Show, delicious. <laughs> I'm drinking this kombucha. I'm trying to. It's really weird. I've never had this before. It's in my fridge. It tastes like it's expired.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, just weird. I'm drinking whatever comes behind this mask. I'm drinking a glass of Lucha. I'm drinking Lucha, Lucha Kombucha. (laughs) Lucha Kombucha, you got to market that. Um, (laughs) Need a t-shirt. So yeah, PJ comes in with a distraction. Jack still can't get the pin. Um, Then Mundo adds to the distraction. There's run-ins everywhere. Super friends make the save. Um, Whatever that butt splash craziness that Aerostar did was awesome. It was just like the butt bullet springboard from the ropes onto the floor.
1: It's a springboard. Something else is called this, but that's the that's really a springboard suicide plancha or whatever. Cause you just jump backwards. But he, he went gonna, butt I mean he really like went butt first. Ball.
0: Yeah, it's more like a trust fall, but he went butt first.
1: <laughs> so
0: he's got a pointy ass coming right down, and you know, it's just like springboard ass well, drop.
1: He's done it in the past where he springboards and then cannonballs backwards down on someone. But maybe. Yeah, and
0: I was expecting him to do that too. But then if he does that, you risk over-rotating and going headfirst into the wooden part of the bleachers there. So I think the way he did it was smart because if there's any kind of miss, yeah. he can put his legs out and catch himself. But it was a cool-looking move. It was, it was really awesome. weird. I, like, I wasn't expecting it at all. I was like, oh, hey, that dude just did something different, as usual. Because pretty much. much every time Aerostar shows up... He does what uh, no cruiserweight in uh, WWE ever does, which is interesting new moves.
1: No, they do no um, um, Metalik, who's their hot new luchador that is actually still working for CML I think um, he does uh, Aerostar Star Phoenix's it's, moves. Who who is it for real? It's uh, Dorada? Mas- Mascara Dorada. Dorada, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, does, every time he does the move, the commentary goes, "We've never seen this before. You won't see this anywhere." And it's like one of their tamer moves. Well,
0: exactly. I mean, and I'll get in more or more of that later cuz I want to talk about some WWE today, especially since Case Fabe is not here. Case um, Fabe. Get so a little soon, Casey. Where did Sexy Star got the Kendo stick and she gave Jack Evans a gift of the God's right to his Jewels of the Family there. Right? I, right up uh, in was, the you soft. love those. Oh, come on! It was you soft. of all people who loves the dick shot are, are going to criticize Not, sexy now when she finally gets one. I thought that a, you
1: would pop for this. There's a better way to phrase that, but no, it was awesome. But it's it was a little it was a little soft of a hit, which uh, you know that's fine. Yeah, that but the fine. first
0: time you're going to do a Kendo stick spot to somebody's nads, I think yeah. it's okay to be a little ginger yeah. with the with the shot. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm not going to hold that against her.
0: And um, I'm hoping cool that though. they didn't have to rehearse that shot a whole bunch of times backstage. I mean, this is like you just want to go in there, do one shot and and be good with it. Like so yeah.
1: <laughs> Like Jack takes a he takes some socks and balls them up and then just puts them in a the taint part of his tights. I hope batting.
0: so. Well, I mean, look, it's payback for his his culo dive that he's been doing his on everybody. Culo dive.
1: And then he talked mad shit the whole time. He said that he was the Star Destroyer. And then he played Sexy Star like a puppet and said something. Um, es, uh El Luchador, Toto, like uh, whatever. Who's the best Luchador in the world? He says yes. it in Spanish. Yes, your Spanish is almost as good as his the way you pronounced it. And then, uh, well, he lives in Mexico. I don't. Um, yeah, I and his pronunciation was it was specifically bad yeah, on purpose. I El think Luchador El in and, 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 and entire mundo, and then he moves her mouth and goes Jack Evans. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. He's amazing. Jack it was great, just, but it was a great. There was a lot of action in the match. I think Sexy Star shined more than usual because um, they did garbage stuff outside the ring, just like her "fuck you" match and she really does better with that i think i think well, and great
0: and the, and that's what they should keep doing with her because yeah. i'm entertained by it it's uh, again i call it the shane douglas factor it's like you know shane douglas could go in the ring a little bit but at the same time he had this intensity of performing yeah. that when he just worked the outside and ran around in the crowd and smashed people with, with stuff out in the audience, it went over and it was like, great, we can do that. That can be a part of wrestling. It doesn't have yeah. to be back and forth running the ropes 10 million times. If that's not somebody's strong suit, let's not have them do it. Let's yeah. custom tailor like if she's over and she's a huge star in your promotion and you know running the ropes for 20 minutes doesn't get it done, Like, look, she's great at that falling star drop thing that she does off the top rope. Like, she can do do that great. We should see that in every match. And this one, this week, was particularly good. She got some serious height. She's coming at the crowd. It was it was cool. And it was
1: cool to see her do that on just Jack too, right? Yeah. Because normally she'll do the dive onto a bunch of people. Uh, No, it's like that's that's a great high spot. She does not run the ropes or bump in the corner well at all. Her timing is really, she's slow and her timing's weird with that. But if you take that element completely out, you're left with her connection with the fans. She really fires up really well and she can throw people headfirst in the ring posts. It's yeah. just, it becomes all, all pluses, all highlights.
0: And that's the way you should keep it. Protect your wrestlers, bookers. Protect them. Make them look good. And I think they did that here with uh, Sexy Star. Yeah. And uh, and I like the uh, I like the the Kindle stick to the to the nads for the win too because it's like she's not getting over clean. Why should she? These guys have never gotten over clean on her. It yeah. makes sense for the storyline. I love the super friends running in. Um, I want to see them in some more matches. But, uh, and I'm almost upset that it's taking some of these guys out of singles competition, but at the same time, every time the Super Friends are coming to the ring now, you're getting just this crazy high spot fest stuff. Because yeah. each guy is running in and just doing their, their getting their shit in, and it's awesome.
1: Um, when you look at Super Friends and what they're doing, you have those three. You have um, and Sexy Star, and then you have the um, Worldwide Underground people. That's like eight people that if you don't put them in groups then that's like, if you want to put them all on TV, that's four matches. That's already more than one episode.
0: Well, and that's what they were doing first season with most of these guys, or they were feuding with each other and whatnot. So um, let's go into vignette number two. Yeah. Dario checks on uh, Dragon Azteca Jr. on the phone, and (laughs) apparently he's in the hospital and he's lumped up for real. (laughs) So it looks like he's going to be having an extended stay. Um, And (sighs) Dario kind of looks over at Chavo like, all right, you're right. He's jacked up, so I guess I have no choice but to put you into the main event. And um, Ray Ray, Ray, woo, 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 whoo, Ray comes in and says, no, no way. It's me versus this POS. He actually said the words, though. He
1: said, Ray Mysterio Jr. said, piece of shit, Chavo. It's It's been, I don't know how many years in the making for someone to call a Guerrero a piece of shit on a wrestling show. But it was Ray Ray. Yes. Yeah. Ray Mysterio Jr. Oh, kids <laughs> like, look up to him. Oh, which is amazing, which is
0: great. Cause you know what? Little kids say shit all the time,
1: <laughs> but, but yet, you know, he said that and you're like, Oh shit. Ray just cursed at him. But then you're like, but it makes sense. No, like it
0: made perfect sense. But at the same time, I was like, "Oh, we have turned a corner, people. This isn't just sexy star in the heat of battle. This is like a yeah. pre-planned, pre-written vignette. Rey Mysterio. It was written on a piece of paper. Like Ray comes in, calls Chavo piece of shit, and says he wants in the match. Like somebody, like DJ wrote that down, and then Ray said it. Like how he did DJ's it got DJ's got to be doing this right now. Like." Yeah, I just I just wrote Rey Mysterio, Colin Chavo, a piece of shit.
1: But it's awesome. It's it's another one of those things where they're they're just so efficient with every bit of their storytelling, especially like this is a refined storyline. That yeah, has like look, so Rey like versus Chavo, now.
0: but Rey versus Chavo is not a new feud, and right. it, it could easily put some people kind of sleepy time, but. When you do that, you have Ray walk in and say something like that. It immediately, I was like, "Oh, yeah. hey, we are going to a new place here." Chavo is throwing beatdowns like he's never thrown before on you know a young guy coming up. Mm-hmm. Ray is is dropping curse words into this guy's face, which is, and I like the fact that they did it backstage too, so that Ray can. It's like they caught a candid moment with ray backstage right. of what he's really like compared to him coming out to the ring and doing his baby face gimmick for the kids and the fans and whatnot it's like whenever he comes to the ring he shouldn't be that character but yeah. when he's backstage he absolutely should be and it makes perfect sense in this world of like no here's this veteran guy that's been dealing with this dude forever they have 20 years of history that goes both directions of of being friends and being on opposite sides of stuff. It's just amazing. I love this vignette. And then, um, yeah. you know, and Dario saying that
1: he wants his churro and eat it too. Hilarious. Oh, amazing. By the way, shout out to churros. Uh, I was at Universal Studios uh, last weekend or a week at some point recently. I was at Universal and I had a churro for the first time in a while and it was a highlight. They are amazing.
0: Yeah, they're, they're cinnamony and sugary and buttery and crunchy. What's not to love about a friggin' churro?
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, if you can send churros to the MMM Show at MMM Show seventy five on Twitter. Um,
0: yeah, don't don't send churros. You can send just go down the street and by- we li- Byron, we live in Los Angeles. There's no there's no place in Los Angeles that a churro isn't within like a three minute walk of your home. You know that, right? <sighs>
1: I'm All just right. saying. Um, I just really want to churl right now. No, that was a, that was a great segment, and it was awesome. But it's, and it's Dario really has cool. a
0: mic ready to go in his drawer. He that, of course that, that is like the most brilliant touch to it of everything. Of like, no, no. And for when I want to walk out and make an announcement, I don't go out and tell somebody to give me the stick. I have one ready to go. I just click it yeah. on and walk. He out doesn't want
1: one room. that tastes like another luchador. That'd be weird. Have someone else spitting in it all the time? <laughs> I don't want to know anything
0: about promoters knowing what another luchador tastes like. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Um, so, match number three. That was our last uh, Yeah, yeah. vignette, vignetti, whatever that French word is. And now it's time for match number three. Tress. Which is now going to be a three-way with a certain skeleton ninja. Before we get there, didn't
1: they uh, they recap the Puma Morita stuff?
0: Oh yeah, with the new
1: recap 3D logos that are moving like the-, the whole Ken Burns thing. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, I noticed that we talked about it on this. I think the second uh, episode. Um, but yeah,
1: yeah, it was pretty cool. I dug yeah. it. They're they're getting they're getting way fancier with all that stuff. Every episode is another step in. Just the show is great creatively. The show and the performers are awesome, but just the presentation of the show keeps getting better and better.
0: Those are talking
1: good about apples. This.
0: They're green. They're delicious. Um oh hey, match three. Pentagon Dark versus Rey Mysterio versus Chavito. Yeah. Ooh, Chavo. Um Dario first he announces the switch up and um I don't know. Maybe it's because he's a skeleton. Maybe it's because he's a ninja. But I didn't really see Pentagon really giving much of an F. He was pretty much just like, I don't care. Yeah. Put whoever you want in here. I'm going to break them in half, Dario. He's just out there to fight. It's awesome. Pentagon's yeah, running like all tells cylinders. Me, somebody tells me I got to wrestle two of the, the best luchadors in modern history that are still getting in the ring, mm-hmm. um,
1: I'm going to be like, hey, that's not cool, man. Pentagon's just kind of like, eh whatevs well i don't think chavo is really that highly regarded in the lucha temple which is which goes to show you um like he's he's been much more of like a backstage uh person on the show um i think the last meaningful thing he did was feud with blue demon jr in the first season well and
0: and Um, get his arm broken by pentagon
1: awesome but it's it, it goes it just i think i was just wowed by chavo like i think this whole program is chavo and ray doing some cool shit and putting over dragon s jr and pentagon jr but chavo is like the mvp of this episode the a storyline going through with him and ray and dragon Teca leading up to the match which is like, great because yeah. look
0: chavo's a producer on the show and an agent backstage and he could be pushing for himself more and i feel like he's been biding his time to to have his spots be meaningful and do stuff the right way that makes sense for his character and he's mm-hmm. not in a huge rush like i also you know and for chavo too I, it's probably not as big a deal because he does still get to show up and get a paycheck he doesn't have to perform necessarily to get his paycheck which is the kind of liberty that all of the older wrestlers need to be looking for when they when they look for a promotion where they can be th- have the most meaningful impact still have storylines that make sense and get them over in the grand scheme of things and Chavo's the perfect example of that. I mean, this is this storyline fits perfectly. You yeah. know, he's working with his buddy Ray even though I love Vampiro bringing up the uh the history with Ray's uncle not booking uh, Chavo Classic and and some of the other stuff like Vamp got a little got got a little into it there. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, you know, there's Vamp probably has uh, history and beef with almost anyone in lucha history. Yeah, with-
0: like like uh, Vamp almost pushed it a little bit, but he kind of <laughs> eased back into just commentary there. But it was kind of cool, and I bet Chavo hadn't heard that commentary either. So I wonder what he's thinking about after hearing <laughs> it last night. Yeah, because they were kind—I mean, they were kind of hinting at some of that stuff with the the backstage Dragon Azteca versus uh, Chavo Sr. kind of stuff. But, you know, Vampstar's breaking Classic. down. Chavo, Chavo Classic, Classic. shout out. Yes. So, but, you know, Vampstar's breaking it down on the reel, which is awesome. So I hope yeah. Chavo Classic shows up now that they're mentioning him. That would be kind of cool um, just because he's a fun character. And I liked a lot of the stuff he did in WWE. I can't say I, I saw much of his, his in-ring work back in the day because I'm yeah. a little bit young for that.
1: Um, but it's always good to have another Guerrero around. I think. Yeah, why not? But it's, it's it's really cool though. Like, it, but when you look at Chavo getting his spots and getting his airtime in this match, and it with yeah. like, him going over, I think I a little bit, you. Um, I still hear you. Okay, go. Not now, back. Uh, so like with all with all of that, with um, Chavo getting a shine a little bit this episode, it's everything still has a purpose for someone else. Like even his beef with Ray, it's over. It's to get people invested in Dragon S. Tekka Jr. and he's getting revenge, his own selfish thing, his own storyline against Pentagon Dark. You know that's putting over Pentagon Dark, and getting him familiar, getting like bringing those people, bringing the people who know him casually, who know Ray casually, and investing in the these new people that he's associating with. It's really. I mean, if
0: you just, really think about it too, this is a, is a match. This three way match. Could headline arenas anywhere in the world? Tell somebody like, "Hey, for our main event, we've got Pentagon, Chavo Guerrero, and Rey Mysterio Jr., and that's going to be our main event. You book the rest of the show after that, you'll still sell it out. Like anywhere, yeah. could be a WWE event, could be AAA, could be CMLL, could be in Spain, could be in abiza Like it yeah. could be anywhere. That would yeah. be a huge match. And here it is. Eh, it's just another Wednesday night on Lucha Underground. It was a really good match." And it was funny, too, because I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, there's not that much time left for the match. But then when the actual match happened, mm-hmm. it felt like it went 20 minutes, and it was probably less than 10.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the whole episode seemed to kind of move really fast and go by without, you know, without really knowing it.
0: And not a ton of vignettes. I mean, that middle mm-hmm. that middle match was really the longest one, I think. Um but there was a lot of recap and a lot of in-ring stuff and Dario coming in and talking. And we didn't even have a Dial of Doom segment this week. So did um, not, you know. Anyway, pretty
1: cool. That, that's something that uh, maybe you and Casey talked about last week about how that seems to be running its course, how Matanza keeps getting closer and closer to losing and that he, would, he should have lost to Puma last week. So maybe storyline-wise, Dario is dialing that back
0: maybe maybe he got a little little worried about it we'll see um interesting theory though so yeah i mean look the match i don't even need to talk about the match you just need to go and watch it i I popped really hard for the crowd popping for the three amigos and the eddie chant starting um especially considering this week was eddie's birthday yeah uh very appropriate that you know he, he basically got shout outs on wwe and lucha underground this week which are well deserved and um you know, the finish is exactly what it should have been. Pentagon goes yeah. over. I can't believe. Of course, the week case he's not on the show yeah. with us it is the one time in, like, ages that Pentagon's gone over. Because if you guys haven't heard, uh, he doesn't even have the AAW
1: belt anymore. He jobbed it out to Sammy Callahan. Did he, did he lose the Peros Del Mall, like, vanity belt that he was carrying around where it's not even a real title? I think that's
0: actually his belt. Like, that's the belt he holds his pants up with. I think that's, like, his belt. No one's like, taken it from him yet? No, I think they got that from, like, Macy's. Like, I think you can't really take a man's, like, belt that holds up his pants. Even I don't if you know. Uh,
1: if it's Pentagon, if it's Pentagon Jr. and AAA, I, I would not put that past that. Well, dude, he
0: loses it. everywhere. Look at his stats. His st- Pentagon somehow is the world's best
1: jobber. No, but that that, chi- that Chicago show, Um, he was, he's, Sammy was their former champion, and then Pentagon won it for a while, and then... And he sat it for a good time, and Sammy got it back. Uh, Pentagon beat Sammy, I think. Uh, it, was, it was like two nights back to back. Yeah, I think he, he beat, beat him Friday, on the and then he dropped the they, belt back to him on Saturday. I don't. I think that's fine, and I also think that you know, it's there's other issues with that. Like maybe they know they're not going to get they won't be able to book Pentagon for a oh, while. Oh God! So of won. course,
0: it's fine. I'm I'm being totally si- silly. Oh. The fact of the matter is, when a guy like Pentagon is around, and he's yeah. that over the simple fact of the matter is he doesn't need a belt. The belts exist as a promotional tool to get your promotions yeah. over and your guys over the Pentagon doesn't need that. He's so over. Like why put a belt on him? It's like, yeah, there's a reason why Chris Jericho doesn't need a belt in WWE. The guy's freaking over every segment. He does is gold. He's better
1: than anyone not named AJ Styles in yeah. WWE. Yeah,
0: well, and that's why. And I was going to talk about this later too. It's good that they yeah. split them up. But we'll get it. I'll get into that yeah. in a minute.
1: But um, yeah, no, it's, it's it was totally a thing over. where AEW was smart where they put their belt on Sammy for a while and that got them some notoriety. But as soon as they could, they put it on Pentagon. That really made people look at them.
0: Well, and how badass is it that Sammy took it back off of him and now Sammy looks like a superhero? I mean, that's just yeah. now they're bringing eyeballs in and they got some credibility. That's what you do with your belt, people. That's how, that's how the game is played.
1: But, um, I, thought, I thought the finish with Pentagon going over, and he went over clean on Ray, too. Yeah. And Matt, in a three-way with Chavo, Ray yeah. takes the pin? Yeah. Which is, you that. can't tell
0: me that that's not freaking amazing. And I would bet anything that Ray was the one that said that that should be the finish. Right. I would bet anything because honestly, if they booked that finish and even if he didn't come up with it, if they booked that finish and Ray doesn't want to do it, Ray doesn't have to do that finish. I mean, he took a neck spot, a brutal sit out Pentagon driver neck spot for a clean finish. Like Ray Mysterio does not have to do that. People by any stretch of the imagination. Ray could very easily have been like, eh, guys, can we do a little softer finish than that? And everyone would be like, okay, sure, Ray. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to try to force that finish down his throat. So it was either his idea or he signed off on it very willingly to put Pentagon over. And then, then Chavo gets the beat down afterwards. The psycho Chavo afterwards was amazingly awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you've never seen that kind of fire out
1: of that dude as a character. Ever until now? Yeah, he's pure evil. Like he's never been evil. He's been dastardly.
0: Yeah, like who can get heel heat after a Pentagon match better than Pentagon? That was great. Like I was, I was really impressed. I was like, damn, I didn't know Chavo had it like that. And again, I wasn't at this taping, so I didn't, I, I hadn't seen any of this, and I was like, dude, Chavo
1: took it to another level. I don't think I saw that match live. Yeah, it was It, it was might have good. been the
0: second week in a taping on the Saturday, because I was there on the Sunday.
1: Oh. Um, but yeah, it's it just it goes it just that it just cemented my belief like on this episode, which I thought was a really strong episode. It was really good. It was a very simple, straightforward Lucha Underground episode.
0: Yeah, and you know what? And I'm actually gonna give this episode a ten, yeah. which I don't normally do, but it had Pentagon on it, which is one of the requirements kind of to get a 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even though it had a sexy star match on it also
1: it had a really good great. one
0: it was working with jack evans which is kind of another one of the requirements for an episode to get a 10 yeah the jack surprising, <laughs> the surprising part is that it did not have a ton of of vignettes that were furthering the the mythology which is another thing that i normally really look for in my really high ranked episodes yeah. but the simple fact of the matter is i turned on this episode And there wasn't one minute of it that I didn't enjoy. And as good as Lucha Underground is, there's usually some moment where I'm like, eh, that was whatevs. I did not have one of those. I was invested in the whole thing. I thought, and maybe because my expectations were a little bit lowered for this episode too. I didn't think this was going to be a through the roof episode. I was kind of looking at the lineup earlier in the week and I was like, eh, this week will probably be whatev. You know, it'll be just a kind of a filler week to get us back into some storyline stuff. Nope, it was great, start to finish. Loved every minute of it.
1: It was yeah, it was great. It was oh. that uh, less is more. But Chavo, out of nowhere, Chavo is like that. He was the MVP of the episode. Absolutely, hands down, hands down. Oh, um, which is great. I mean, Chavo's the man, and he doesn't try and get that credit. And he's had a lot of difficulty, I think, having his or getting credit or having his own respect. Well, we're him. doling it
0: out, and believe you me, if Chavo sucked, we'd be the first ones to, to say it. And, in fact, we, we have. I mean, we've been critical yeah. of the Chavo Blue Demon uh, angle um, and, and that he wasn't finding great ways to use himself in the past, and now he is, so kudos to him. Yeah. Let me talk a little bit about WWE. I know you're going to love this, Byron. I actually have some WWE notes this week. I watched No Mercy. I watched Raw. I didn't watch SmackDown, which is funny because I've been liking SmackDown better. SmackDown's the thing to watch. I, didn't, I just didn't have time to get to it. I'm still gonna probably, probably going to watch it as soon as we're done with this. Um, but what did you think about the triple threat match coming at the very beginning of the pay-per-view, which a lot of people cited uh, happening because of the debate? Between uh, well,
1: Hillary I was hearing Trump. I was hearing, well, for, I mean, it was just weird, but I, I was hearing that there was some sort of big gimmicked ending they were going to do at the end. Or, or something like I, I was, that, those are the rumors I, I was hearing until you said the debate. Then I thought, Oh yeah, they probably want to hook people or at least get people to watch that.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, but wrestling yeah. fans in flyover states, they like debates, believe it or not. And I think that, you know, with the ratings that the debates have been pulling, they're killing. This everyone. was probably a smart choice, especially with what the finish was going to be. And why not? Why not mix it up every now and then?
1: Well, especially because the rest of the show was kind of, Aside from the the Miz and Dolph match, the rest of the show was uneventful. Um, was forgettable, really? It was. Well, like a some of it, yeah, some of it was. I mean, show.
0: look, um, I I liked the the I liked the wacky finish in this match. To stand on this match for a minute, um, a lot of people didn't. What was wrong with the wacky finish? With the uh, AJ getting double tapped, a double submitted. And then the restart was the ref didn't make very clear signals. And it was almost like the ref didn't know the booking. And then the announced team didn't really sell it the right way. But yeah. if you watch it again and watch it with the sound off, watch what, what AJ and Cena and, and Dean do because they sell it perfectly. And I'm here to tell you folks, I'm not watching for the announcers or the ref and and it's a shame when they become a distraction because what the workers did for the booking of that spot was perfect. The timing was to a T. Everybody was selling it right. They did it in the right part of the ring to not botch it. Um, I think the ref just panicked and botched it and didn't know how he was supposed to do the restart.
1: Yeah, he. It's it's really. I mean, it's a spot that's been done a bunch of times. It's a spot that WWE down at NXT has done. They did it when they have Angle uh, and Benoit or Benoit and Jericho where you have submissions on different parts of the body and that they don't like each other. So they're both trying to win the match. Um, I mean, they did it in three way. They've done it in tag matches. It's just, they've done it. But the body language, like, like you're talking about, um, the way the ref handled it was you're watching it, watching him kick out AJ after the submission and then restarting the match with the other two. That's his body language. That wasn't the match.
0: Right, because what you want is to say, oh, no, no, we're restarting this match, and this guy just got cranked so hard from the double tap out that he's going to be out of it for a minute. So then you forget about the performer, but you don't think that he's out of the match. You just think he's hurt off on the side, then he runs and gets his win.
1: And I think people know that, which made it all the more confusing. Instead of looking at what um, Ambrose and Cena are now doing, they're still back at that moment going, but why did he just kick out, kick AJ Styles out of the match? And yeah,
0: just... it was it was weird. It was kind of wackadoo. But I, again, I liked it. I liked how it played. I liked the ultimate finish of, of yeah. retaining the belt. Um, it worked for me.
1: Um, I love the belt. I love the, not the belt, the chair. Just yeah. At, at, I mean, Cena hits his thing, and then AJ just walks into the belt, hits him with it, and gets the pinfall. Like, obviously. <laughs> Come on genius he just he's in a lot of pain he's probably like i don't want to do this anymore let's just end it now
0: um the ziggler Miz match i gotta say i thought the match was great but i and i get the finish but i just don't see why ziggler needs the belt
1: um well they painted them into the corner i think with that career versus title i don't think he needs it i want Miz to hold the belt still
0: yeah, I do too. Well, I don't even know if Miz really needs the belt and, and honestly, I feel like there's so many other talent on the WWE roster. These guys are relatively over. I think Miz at this point can probably get over more uh doing kind of a temper tantrum bit of not having the belt that it's probably good that he doesn't. He had um, a great
1: face after he lost it. That was
0: Yeah, Miz is great. And I yeah. I'm not as big on on Dolph, but I, I just, you know, the finish was kind of like, ah, oh, I want to see where they're going. You know, the simple fact of the matter is they overworked these two guys together for so long they kind of had to go here. Um, mm-hmm. But they got to write them out of this angle. Like, we need some other people in this, this top of the mid-card mix with these guys. This angle can't keep going. It's not sustainable anymore. It needs to, it needs to breathe a little bit. Maybe yeah. this is the way
1: to do it. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel the other way where I kind of feel over on SmackDown. um, I mean, it's, there's, I kind of just look at it as there's kind of a soft reboot. So like those matches where like um, Dolph and Kofi Kingston have fought like every week for like a year at a time. Like I kind of reset on those and everyone's kind of a new gimmicks. So I'm not feeling that with these guys. I kind of feel like they let these guys, who know, each other, try and take, the lead on their stories it, it kind of seems like a mid card like sean michaels chris jericho sort of thing where i mean yeah but maybe i mean not as effective it, but it's done it No, it, you know it's been effective because you have to understand that
0: even even when you're talking about big, ang- big angles like those you don't feel them you don't feel the presence of those mid card feuds until after they're over yeah. That's when you realize how great they were. That's when you realize that it went somewhere. And then these kind of guys move up at, to the top of the card and you look back on the history and you're like, wow, that guy was a great IC champ or that feud or that steamboat or whatever. Like Those guys like deserve main event spots because of that mid-card thing that they did. These guys have done it now. Now they've got to right. find a way to propel them further into storylines, use them to get the rub on some other guys at the middle of the card, um, and bolster the whole roster. And speaking of bolstering the whole roster, man, I got to tell you, the women's division of SmackDown is still pretty much the Divas division. It, it, I don't even know why they got rid of the Divas belt, You know, especially like you see it without Becky there or without Natty or somebody involved. Oh my God, it is just really, it's like the worst hair-pulling Divas division out there.
1: I don't I, I, I kind of disagree, but I also think that, I think that um, the female wrestlers on the show are I think they're better than the Divas. I D. mean come, you disagree but watching
0: uh I don't, I don't Nikki Bella versus right. Nikki Bella versus Carmella and Naomi versus Alexis Bliss on a pay-per-view, didn't right, so make you feel was, like you were watching old school Divas hair like I was just I, I would have rather it been a Braun panties match.
1: Um, I th- well the thing well Nikki Bella has really trans- transformed herself into a decent wrestler. I I mean I, I'm not the biggest fan of hers, but she is she, from any, from everyone in the old divas um, era, she fits in with the wrestling era, female wrestling era. But you have Naomi and um, Alexa Bliss as a wrestling match between one person who's all right and another person who's still super green in the ring. She Got promoted because of her character work, and you know she has a Which good presence. Good. And, and, and I'm, she I'm fine. Do the with appearances, that. she can sell the t-shirts and the merch, do the Make a Wish things, but she still can't work in the ring. I mean, All but right. they're they're putting them up before they can really go in the ring anyway. Like Dana Brooke should not be wrestling on live TV. She can do the other stuff, so they put her on TV as a sidekick. But well,
0: she's, but but my whole thing is. The way that it's going to get elevated, what they need to do, because even some of the better ones haven't had a chance to be in the spotlight the right way yet, and they need to work together. They need to put all these strong wrestlers or most of the strong wrestlers together on one show. Let the other girls work the angles for a while and have one solid division, because they really have an opportunity right now to do something big with this women's revolution in wrestling. But by, by the brand split, I think this is the one thing that has been hurt more than any, anything. Like, imagine if they were doing the cruiserweights right now on two different shows.
1: That's yeah, what that, I mean, That's, like what, that's me. what it's like. Uh, I also don't really care about the cruiserweights on Raw. I, oh, I they, just, they, I think they they're, they're not even letting the cruiserweights do their thing. But um, it's, I, I'm conflicted about the brand split with the Divas because on one hand, you're going to have Sasha and Charlotte just fight on every show and then on the other we hand have,
0: which think, is like, ridiculous which yeah. is why again i on, want uh, becky over there i want natty over there um yeah. i would even take nikki bella over there i would
1: but even becky would, would have, never uh, be champ with them and bailey i mean she was never champ with them in nxt and i think i think it's great that she's getting the recognition that she deserves i think smackdown actually has a roster that they can work with and develop a female roster and they can improve upon, Wait, they so. can okay, slide in. You know,
0: Becky's got to be the king of the mountain over there, but then you need to throw some of these other girls to the other side. You need to throw Carmella yeah, well, over I there. Mean, or Carmella,
1: whatever. it should not be, Carmella is not good in the ring. She should still be wrestling and working in NXT. I mean, that's just, I'm and baffled by that. Point. Alexa yeah, is three, okay, but she still Three women's titles now
0: in this promotion. Three women's titles.
1: Yeah, but it, I mean, if you take... And like in six months, you sh- if you have Oscar and you have um, Ember Moon up on SmackDown, that's going to be way better than. And then Ra. what are you
0: going to have on NXT? Like then, then you need to get rid of the belt on but NXT. It's, de-
1: it's development, d- developmental. They'll have someone else to bring in someone else. There's always new talent coming in. There's always new talent around the world. And we'll it's see. Just- I don't know if
0: the Japanese, the Japanese workers are either going to come up together or they're going to all stay on NXT. I don't see them not all coming up together. Like if Shinsuke stays down there, Asuka stays down there, I think you bring them all up together or you don't at they're all.
1: They're going to... That's another thing about NXT is that they're hedging a lot more on building the brand than um, getting the most out of their assets. And that's how you have a guy like Hideo Itami spending his whole career in NXT hurt. That's why you have him who should be on the main roster, especially like he got that WrestleMania moment. He should be on the main roster and now some scrub I don't know if it was Riddick Moss or some other idiot then on a power slam drops him on his head hurts his neck and he could be out for a long time also a neck injury is not like recovering from a broken leg and this is a guy who who had all the momentum in the world had it taken from him by his buddy Finn uh, who came in and was immediately cooler than him and then he gets hurt while they watch his shinsuke come in and be way cooler than him like how is hideo gonna get the belt with shinsuke around him? and then he comes back and does his matches and he looks good but you watch the nxt match you watch the show on nxt and no one's getting up he's yelling to the crowd no one cares it's hideo Tommy, it's this yeah, guy running you know around what
0: you do you know what you do you do what jericho did you leave he goes to he goes back to New Japan uh, Ring of Honor or
1: somewhere else. He's he's from Noah, which probably means he'll be wrestling. And if he goes to Noah, he'll be doing that Noah New Japan angle. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: But that's what I'm saying. That, I mean, it, at a certain point, the cards just get stacked against you, even if you've done everything right. It's just not even some of it's luck, some of it's timing, some of it's you know, some other guy took your spot. I mean, look, yeah, Shinsuke has a spot. He's not getting it from Shinsuke. And, yeah. and, and they can't move Shinsuke up right now because they have, to, they have to have some kind of flagship down there on NXT. It's just that simple. There's yeah, no they reason have to move Shinsuke.
1: But that, that, that handicaps them a little bit because you have guys like Shinsuke. You have Samoa Joe. You have these guys who are not up-and-coming rookies. These guys had their careers. They're on top of the world, except they haven't gotten that WrestleMania gig. And so they're in WWE now for like the last five years at most, maybe of their career. And these guys wrestle brutal styles. And I mean, maybe they're not going to let some idiot power slam them on their head. You know, you know, maybe the, their styles work better to where their health is more in their hands their safety is more in their control, but you're just, you're still taking on their bump card in a house show in front of five year olds whose parents pay $10 for a ticket.
0: Yeah, that's. Well, look, that's that is what it is. Um, just quickly with the pay per view, also. Yeah, sorry. I love. No, it's fine. I loved. Uh, I love Heath Slater and Rhino. Yes. I Just like lo- I love everything about the angle. It's not even where I would have gone with the whole angle. The uh, United Colors of Benetton version of the USOs is interesting. They're doing almost exactly what they've been doing, just just in different clothing. And for some reason, that's working for me. Like I just wanted to see something a little different from these guys where they've kind of run the same shtick over and over again. And again, the roster is not super deep, so they're going to be always in the tag team hunt on SmackDown. They're not going to have time to go off and work some crazy side angles. So this is, uh, I think, the best you could do with them right now. And it's working. That's all I can say about it. It's working. It's not super great yet. It's got time. It's brand new for all of them. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Brave Wyatt's first.
1: Um, go ahead. Well, I just want to say the Usos, uh, there's been a big complaint about them when they were up and coming. They were on main event, I think. They were on Superstars, whatever it was, when their were faces stealing the show for forever until they got brought up, and it was cool, but they got run into the ground, the same stale act. They're not as high-flying as other people, but it's cool that they were doing some high-flying stuff, but they just got super stale, And also, they were just like they were the Samoan stereotype team. They wore face paint. They'd make jokes about how you couldn't tell who was who. But they had, they on like all the other shows, on Total Divas, on all like all the other segments, the promotional stuff, anything not in the ring on a main show, they had personalities and interactions with people. And it's great, and
0: they just need to. I think they just need to come out with
1: that and let it come out. Let them let them do a little heel turn where they can be
0: a little more themselves and try some things that may 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 or may not work. Same yeah. thing they did with Rocky Maivia; it worked for him. I think they, they should team up too. with. Uh,
1: I think they need to put them. My opinion. I think we disagreed. They need to go with um, with that other Samoan guy, uh, Roman Reigns. Kind of nah. modify. I'll tell you all.
0: I'll tell you in a second what I think should happen with Roman Reigns, and you'll yeah. see. Let me see what you think. Um, all right. So Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, uh, surprisingly good work rate to me. But you know, um, it was tough to end the show with that. I get why they did it. I think maybe Dolph Miz should have ended the show, and so. this could have been a good co-main. Just considering the whole flip flop. Um, but I don't think they knew. I don't think they knew how well the Dolph thing was going to go over, and maybe they would have considered doing that, uh, or maybe it would have telegraphed the Dolph thing too much. But because of the Dolph thing, I think like. You had the Heath Slater Rhino thing, you had the Dolph thing, and then this kind of felt flat because there wasn't the stakes weren't there. But I love the backstage psychology angle that they're using for the whole thing. I, thought, I think Randy's been doing a great job with it, surprisingly, because he's not a character I would see doing this kind of mind games angle with Bray Wyatt, but it's working. It totally I works. The ending with Luke Harper, it's like, really, this is your big finish? Like, yeah. the return of Luke Harper, nah.
1: I'm happy Luke Harper's back. I don't care about the ending. I, I i really see a lot of um jake the snake and uh in randy's promos at least when he was younger sure i can buy would, that i mean he would do they'd be kind of slow and boring by today's or even by that time's standards but i i do see that element in him and i think the bray stuff is probably fun for him it's like a, you know a challenge i didn't care about the match i don't remember anything about it and uh I just—I was not invested, and in, I have no faith in – I love Bray Wyatt, but I have just no faith in his presentation on the show, so I don't really pay attention to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, because you know that it's just going to get abandoned. Like, every angle he's in just drops at some point because there's no way to finish them without Bray Wyatt actually murdering somebody or Nothing killing matter character. Yeah. I mean, it, Bray Wyatt's character needs to be on Lucha Underground where he can actually murder somebody to finish an angle.
1: <laughs> yeah, he yeah. almost he, he got to murder Kane for a while, and he almost murdered Daniel Bryan, which they should have done. He wasn't going to wrestle anymore. And those anyway. angles
0: were great. Those yeah. are the angles you remember because of it. Even though they, you know, they unwrite it later. Whatever, it's fine. You can unwrite it later. <laughs> and then he jobs to Kane like on last pay per view for no reason. Yeah, no exactly. big deal. Um, talking about Raw real quick because now we've talked about the SmackDown brand. <laughs> I didn't watch the episode, the follow-up episode, but um. The opening Rusev shooting on Charlotte and Sh- Sasha yeah. was a classic. Um, no one cares about your women's revolution. Was the hottest line of the week, even with the crazy stuff that Jack Evans said on Lucha Underground. Rusev, yeah. God, I want them to let this guy talk more. Oh, oh that they need so to let good. him loose. And I want to was- see
1: him next week on like Jericho show with a clipboard, just with a list of people who have higher video game ratings than him.
0: <laughs> and you know, I'm sorry, like the dude is just awesome and the the way he cut the promo and it let charlotte get a little bit of a pop and remind people of why they like charlotte i mean look charlotte took the high spot um on the the raw match a couple weeks ago with the twisting whatever craziness that was off the top rope onto the floor like she did lay it out there this is what they need from the women's division they need safe high spots that can turn into highlights forever that was one of them. Charlotte has it this month. She has the biggest high yeah. spot in women's wrestling this month. It was her, not Sasha. Um, and this kind of was a great segment to me to acknowledge that and and let let her get the pop by having you know uh, Rusev actually be a bigger heel than Charlotte for a moment. And it's making me think, God, they have missed the boat here in turning Charlotte face. I still think that she should have gotten out of the whole angle with flair her dad yeah. by going with a big face turn on his ass like that was just I, I think they botched it with that one
1: um it's well. i think she was she was pretty bland as a face when she was starting and getting comfortable on raw and yeah doing yeah, the heel thing allowed her to comfortably kind of interact with her dad and like in, she can insult her dad he can help her with that and i think that helped her grow into uh, her raw presence
0: yeah but see being, i, I Maybe. I'll tell you what else, though. I, I like the team up here of Charlotte having to work with Rusev, and I like Sasha with Roman, and I really feel like that could be a great angle. I think they should pair up Sasha and Roman, and I think Roman should be um, – and I think you throw Enzo into the mix, too, as Sasha's friend who's always trying to tell her – how much of a tool in a D bag Roman actually is, but she doesn't notice Enzo and she doesn't even realize that he's flirting with her constantly. And she's just all enamored with Roman. And it kind of like takes them all into this weird tweener heel area where you're just kind of annoyed with all of them, but the angles could be great. And I think it would get Roman over so much better if you let him play the douchebag character that people want him to be at this point. Like if he's Sasha's, boyfriend, everyone will hate him for the right reasons. And he could be pushing her in matches, giving her bad advice, you know, flirting with other women without her realizing it. And you put Enzo in there, giving Sasha some how you doings and whatever, and trying to flirt with her, and but clearly in the friend zone. That's the kind of angle that WWE is missing to make all this shit mean something and to get some heat on this women's division like they really need it.
1: That yeah, was just I, my idea. I mean, I, I think... I have an issue with relationship angles that are fake on the show nowadays. With how behind the scenes they are with everything, uh, it's just. Uh, and I, I also. I yeah, have- but
0: WWE is also great at putting people together on camera, and then all of a sudden it becomes a real thing. People dump
1: their boyfriends and girlfriends,
0: <laughs> and then they all complain. Like, oh. What do they care about people's real lives?
1: Put them together it's anyway because it's good for TV. Oh, my Family <laughs> beats up that video game nerd costume hey, man. designer husband that kind sasha. of thing is
0: happening in all of our favorite wrestling promotions and that's all i'm yeah. going to say about that yeah.
1: that's yeah that's true I, it's i mean what I, I don't know the last time i saw wwe writers trying to turn that into an enter- entertaining storyline that was dolph and lana and rusev and it was a, it was awful
0: yeah but um, i mean they have sasha flirting with both of these guys anyway intentionally yeah. but the chemistry comes off weird because it's not really the full angle they're just trying to get you know cheap chemistry for the night for one-off matches with yeah you know it's with weird. Cass and enzo or with roman or whoever it's like no you gotta like you gotta play the storyline and then we'll believe it it's television people write a tv show
1: yeah sasha does have uh history with um, roman back in nxt i think they're i mean just like from the history um, yeah. At some point, she posted on Twitter like a picture of her enrollment. I think when he was up and coming, um, she was making a joke with him or something. But
0: I just think I it mean, could work. Um, the other matches I want to talk about from Raw, dude, Cesaro and Kofi was super sloppy and mostly on Kofi's part, which was surprising to me. Really? Um, that angle.
1: He's kind of sloppy.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, normally he's sloppy in an exciting way, but that was just kind of like, dude, what kind of ring rust do you have? Have He missed the springboard spot and this, and the other thing. It was kind of like, what is going on here? Um, At this point, you know, a lot of people are thinking that the only way for the Cesaro-Shamus thing to make sense is for them to take the the titles off a new day, but... At yeah. this point, they've gone so long. Let New Day break the record and then let none of those guys ever hold a belt ever again in their careers. Like, <laughs> let's just let them break the record. They'll be famous for that. They'll still sell merchandise out the wazoo. Just keep it going. Sell your t shirts. Don't even. Like, Sheamus and Cesaro is hopeless. Cesaro needs yeah. to be in, in a whole
1: different thing. He's great. Sheamus is not. You it's know. a weird. It's a really weird story. It's like they're just kind of like piling disappointment on disappointment and hoping that it turns out nice
0: yeah and they're killing cesaro's career in the process so i just hope i I hope it goes where it's going and goes there quickly um i will talk quickly about the uh well so they also set up a women's hell in the cell match and just kind of finishing my theory there i love how they're doing that they're doing three matches in there i hope it's sandwiched in between um, so that you can have the high spots on some of it be other places because the theory is right that the women can't take the to the next level without some time in these matches – yeah. Charlotte and Sasha having this match is great. Then they can take that experience level to the other girls, to the other women in the division. You have to have that. Like, cage matches aren't great until you have the free birds get into one and then they can disseminate it to everybody else that they ever wrestle, which is everybody. You know? And Charlotte and, and Sasha have earned that spot. And. It's, it's great. Like, I hope they don't try to push it too far. Like, I hope there's not a fall off the top of the cage, but I hope that there are a couple of big spots, maybe a high climb back fall, something a little safer. Um, you know, let them get in there and get the feel for it because they it's, it's absolutely clear thinking that unless you do that, unless you let them get the feel for that, it's never going to get any better. So mm-hmm. they have to be in these big matches. They don't, you know, with the lack of intergender stuff, they can't get into the Royal rumble. They can't be in money in the bank. So they have to start creating these matches for themselves. We have to have a women's ladder match. We have to have a women's Hell in the Cell. It's part of what pops the business. It's part of what pops the smart marks, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely necessary. So I'm happy they're doing it. Um, Bailey. I think it also,
1: uh, just on the Hell in the Cell thing, I think it also, uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued, to, or not intrigued, I just I think it's almost a perfect fit to put them in the Hell in the Cell and... Um, in an era where you can't purposely bleed on on a, in a match, yeah. And how do you have a hell in a cell match where you don't in, have the brutality cause the the people to bleed? But then when you have two female wrestlers, um, then I th- that that kind of like lowers that desire to see that kind of brutality in the yeah, match. Yeah, which
0: is great. Yeah, I don't want to see them gigging themselves all up in the yeah. head. Like this isn't ECW. Like I just want to see a couple of decent high spots, no botches. Um, in a in a good clean match inside the cage. Let's see. Let's see a couple high climbs without a fall. You know, get the drama in there. I think yeah. I think it could be really good and it could elevate things. We'll see. Um, Bailey squashes Cammie Fields, mm. um, aka Holly Dead, aka one half of the NWA Western States Tag Team Championship with Thunder yeah. Rosa, aka Cobra Moon. Case <laughs> Fabe.
1: Casey Casey would hate Casey. all of that. If Casey's driving right now, he just probably had the sudden urge to just drive his car Break in the oncoming the traffic. traffic.
0: Well anyway, so yeah, Cammie Fields who who is killing it on the indies is Holly Dead. Yeah, she's um, great. She's super cool. She is super cool. I'm going to say, however, that I did not think this was the greatest showing for her on Raw. No. Uh I don't know if the lights were getting to her or what. Like, there were some spots that were there, but Bailey kind of overshot one thing and she didn't really recover from it. And then she missed another thing. And I felt like the refs sent him to the finish fast, like somebody, Gorilla, was yeah, yelling they just
1: at him. Went to Bailey to Bailey.
0: Because a lot of people have asked, like, hey, how come Cammy's not in Lucha Underground or some of these other places? Um, and I'd like to see her in, in a spot like that. So we'll see. Like, look, she got on Raw, which is awesome. She was, yeah. you know, local talent in California here. And great to see her on there. Um, I was really like hoping to see just a little bit more and have a cleaner match, you know, but it was really a match for Bailey to, to do a squash. And honestly, some of it's Bailey too. It's like, dude, I've seen a lot of these Bailey squashes and she did a ton of them in NXT and they just aren't, fun to
1: watch to me (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't do well and she doesn't her character i don't think is designed for a squash match no and she's kind
0: of an awkward body type that not many of the other girls have worked with i mean they're used to working with shorter girls and like that size thing is an issue people when people are working together you got to know how to work with a certain size frame um and and bailey's a little bit difficult she's a little bit long and squirrely and weird um you know, and Bailey Bailey is still a performer that needs to be working with somebody who's slightly better than her. She doesn't make people that are not as good as her look good yet. Yeah, um, Which is part of the criticism from a lot of people that she wasn't ready to be brought up, even though character-wise and storyline-wise she was, clearly. Um, work-wise, Bailey's still a little bit green, too. So... Um, kudos to Holly dead for getting on raw. I thought that was cool. And hopefully yeah. like, hopefully they loved it and, and we'll see more of her in some big avenues. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we'll I, see. <laughs> well, it was
1: <laughs> not a good match. No, it yeah, wasn't. I I'm did. not,
0: I'm not going to lie about it just cause I like her. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted it to be.
1: Yeah. Um, I think they knew while it was happening
0: and TJ Perkins beats the other Davari, um, which is now. Pretty much rendering the fact that the cwc even happened pretty pointless and meaningless like i love i love the brian kendrick i like tj and i just you know i see them developing his character at least he's getting some camera time brian's getting some camera time they're trying to let it develop but these they they need more angles they need more stories the sincara tag team match or whatever like why what why, why is this even in the cruiserweight division I don't understand it. It has no storyline. It has no relevance or purpose. Well, it's because they
1: added a roster guy into the division. They're starting that.
0: which is fine. But at the same time, it's like the way they're working. Like, dude, when everyone is out there, when you got guys like Osprey and Ricochet and these dudes like all over the place, juniors and cruiserweights all over the world making a name for themselves and revolutionizing the industry, they're doing flippy shit. And it's like WWE can try to get back in the game, but if they're not going to, they don't have to go the full on Ricochet versus Osprey here, but they're going to have to learn to incorporate some of the flippy shit because the only reason the cruiserweights exist is for Smarks. There was not a demand from casuals to bring back the cruiserweight division. It was a demand by Smarks. The people who popped for CWC were Smarks. And if they're not going to appease that a little bit, then why the hell are they doing it? It's not going to sell a bunch of merchandise. It's not going to get over. If you're not going to present it a certain way, don't do it. It's just stupid. That's yeah. my rant about it. Um, I got to get out of here shortly, so I quickly want to talk a little bit about UFC. Ronda Rousey returns versus Amanda Nunes at UFC 207 on December 30th, people. Um, and maybe afterwards she faces Juliana Pena or Cyborg. Um because I don't think any other women, even the former champions, are going to establish themselves with big enough wins before then um, to set up anything other than that. Pena, however, if you haven't heard this girl talk, oh my God, go listen to MMA Hour this week. Go look at her interviews that she did after she heard about Ronda coming out. She's calling Ronda a spoiled brat for getting the title shot that she doesn't deserve after losing. Pena hasn't lost. She took out all the same girls as everyone else from Ultimate Fighter. She beat everyone they put her against. Um, she's a beast. She really should be fighting uh, Nunez, and I really kind of thought that that was going to happen before Ronda came back, and then whoever won that would get Ronda. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think Ronda has a chance of beating Pena or Nunez, depending on what Ronda we see, and if she's tightened up some holes in her game, she needs to still get rid of her coach, but that's another story. Um, but it's very interesting to see her back, and I'd really like to see Pena work into the mix, but Pena is now talking smack about uh, she does commentary for Combache Americas, and she might go and fight for them if they're going to pay more money. I don't know if she's going to try to get out of her UFC contract, or if that's just you know yapping away. But yeah, um, look, hey, Rhonda's coming back.
1: That's exciting, right? <laughs> I think it, I think it's cool. Uh, I mean, it's a cool headline. Yeah,
0: and it, it, dude, people are going to watch. There's a level of interest. I mean, it's really going to be. Not about, I don't even think it's about the belt or not. It's really just more of a, can Ronda still do it? Is she that person that people thought she was or is she something else? You know, Gina Carano did the same thing when she was the the top dog, but never came back. And I think that that's actually adding interest into Ronda's story. And then if she does win this one or if she beats Nunez and Pena or something, it'll be interesting to see if she just does the super fight with Cyborg, um, either at a catch weight or if Cyborg can finally make the weight down. People do want to see that fight. That one will be really huge, pop a big number. And that could be the kind of paycheck she could walk away after. Like, if she takes that fight, that would be a good one to retire after. Um, would Cyborg like want to yeah. do that fight? Yeah, of course Cyborg. If Cyborg's been wanting to do that fight forever, Cyborg doesn't want to cut to 135. And if you watch some of those videos yeah. that were posted and whatnot, and I put them up on my Twitter, go look at my Twitter. Um, yeah, uh, I don't want it, Cyborg to cut to 135. J-Man and I were talking about this yesterday. I don't want her to ever have to do that. I'd love to see a non-title fight, Cyborg versus Ronda, at 140 pounds. Just call it, call it what it is. You know, It's a super fight. Walk away. Whoever wins, wins, and that's it. Yeah. And never do it again. No trilogy, no nothing. Just do it once. They'll both get paid a billion dollars. Nobody will fault Ronda if she loses and moves on. Um, nobody will fault Cyborg if Ronda wins. I think it's just a win-win case. But yeah, Ronda needs a comeback fight before that, and we'll see what happens. Um, Michael Bisping versus the Hindo controversy is ridiculous to me. There's so many different ways you could score that fight. People, this is why you don't let it go to the judges. If you have a problem with Hindo losing, I'm sorry. I scored it for Bisping. I had two, three, and four for Bisping. Even though Bisping got knocked down in the second round, I thought he dominated the whole round. Um, other than that one moment, uh, and I thought that he did it with stronger shots than, than what Hindo got with the knockdown. So, I mean, to me, you can't completely discount four minutes and 50 seconds for 10 seconds. Now, the first round was a different case. A lot of people are arguing that that was a 10-8 round for Hindo because he almost finished Bisbing, and I would agree if Bisbing wasn't handling him for the majority of the round. So I have that 10-9. That's just my thoughts on it. Again, you could ask 150 people, and I think you get a different answer from every one of them. Many knowledgeable people in the business saw it the way I did. Many knowledgeable people in the business saw it for Hindo or gave that first round of 10-8. People, these are the fights that you love. We'll talk about it till the end of time. I don't feel bad for Hindo. I think it was a great way for him to go out. I feel terrible for Bisping because now he's got to fight. Four of the meanest dudes in the world are what he's left looking at, and there's not going to be another number 13 guy for him to fight. So good luck, Michael. Hope you enjoyed being champ because one of these dudes is going to try to break your freaking jaw. (laughs) Um, Connor, and I know we were talking about this one earlier this week. um, Connor was fined $150,000 in 50 days community service. That's 5% of his purse, I believe for throwing the bottles. That's what the NASAC came up with at the end of the day. What'd you think about that ship iron?
1: Uh, I think, um, well, number one, I I think that Dana needs to handle. I think everyone either knows that it'll happen or or agrees, but Dana needs to handle this because Connor's out there selling pay-per-view, um, pay-per-views for him. Like, Connor is yeah, making all that Dana? money by doing that stuff, and like, I yeah, get Dana's not the one finding him, but it's like, it's this whole thing where like this. But Dana's this, also saying like, look, man, I paid the guy enough money
0: that he should be able to cover this. Like, at the end of the day, the 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 five yeah. percent is only of his guaranteed winnings. It doesn't. It, I mean, he got three or four points on the pay per view too. I mean, let's like, yeah, he's making so much money.
1: Yeah, it's like he's fine. I guess. I guess in a way, what's Dana already thousand dollars
0: in a year where you make fifty million. Yeah.
1: So I guess Dana already took care of it uh, proactively. Like He's like just paying him to act like an idiot and get in trouble as long as yeah. whatever. Now, what worried me was
0: the amount, because it's like, dude, other yeah. fighters can't afford that. But at right. the same time, um, the amount was based on the percentage of his guaranteed pay or his win pay. So mm-hmm. if they keep it at the percentage that's good. That'll be a deterrent to guys to do. It. It's like, crap, if I got to give up 5% of my paycheck, if I do something stupid. Yeah. Um, but if you look historically at it, like John Jones and Daniel Cormier physically put hands on each other through, you know, Cormier threw a shoe. They knocked over the whole backstand. They beat up Dave Schaller inadvertently. Um, that was crazy. And those guys got like, you know, $2,500. <laughs> It's just, it's, and that was yeah. in the MGM in Vegas. Like that yeah. was an actual blemish on the city of Vegas. Like in a public area, they did that and didn't get the same kind of fine. Like Connor's,
1: Connor's a, a, a villain on the on the biggest. He's like the biggest entertainment villain in the world. And so, when you have other motives, I think this this company or the organization that's finding them, I think they're also trying to look for funding out of this because they're trying to like find them 300,000. They're trying to, trying to they wanna, I think they're talking about how expensive or how much it costs to run. I was just reading stuff on Twitter. Yeah. But basically they're looking at an opportunity opportunity for them to get more f- operational funds at the expense of someone who they don't feel bad taking it from. Well and I, I think that. that's what they happened. Did.
0: They did. That's completely what happened. And, and funny thing, uh, since we were talking about Dave Schaller, Dave Schaller is leaving the UFC, who's one Ooh. of their main bookers and big, big wigs there. like everyone's leaving guys. There's definitely new owners in town. Um, Dave Schaller got a job with the Philly 76ers. More power to him. Godspeed, Dave. Hope oh, you guys. have a good time there. Sad to see you go from the UFC. Cause I actually really like Schaller. Um, and he's been super cool in the past. I've met him a couple of times. Really nice guy. Um, so, Godspeed to Dave Schaller, and I hope that this means some interesting shifts in the UFC, but definitely we, we are officially, with Joe Silva and Schaller being gone, um, the Fertitta's being kind of out of the mix, even though apparently Lorenzo Fertitta himself helped negotiate Weidman onto the MSG card, even though he's no longer a uh, real owner. He's supposed to be a silent uh, minority partner. Anyway, um, I find it all interesting. We'll see how this kind of stuff plays out in the yeah. UFC. Um, I got to run. It's been fun. We've talked about some stuff. We'll be back next week with Casey. Uh, Hopefully we've got some guests that we've been trying to book forever, but our schedules and their schedules are just terrible. Um, And hopefully you'll see some t-shirts real soon. Big shout out to uh, Charlie DeMarco again for creating our logo and big shout outs to all the people who need shout outs. Uh, And maybe we'll do a guest spot on on Coop's show too. He's been asking us to come over there. So uh, I don't know if he can do all three of us at once or what, but think we should go do Coop's show one of these days.
1: He uh, he uh, catered the show he did with the heels, so I would expect him to cater us as well.
0: Oh, wait, we got to go there in person? I don't know. No, he, he sent bad. them
1: money to so they could buy booze, I think.
0: Oh, sweet. So we can buy food for ours because we don't do booze. We do food.
1: I'd probably use my money to pay rent instead. Well,
0: maybe we should all come over to your house. We'll order the Greek place and send the bill to Coop.
1: Yeah, or we could get... <laughs> We could get pizza again and just just have everyone somehow get the flu from a pizza. Yeah, let's not
0: do that because your <laughs> your cat walked on it, dude. Billy Fever no, walked she all over it. You
1: see, it. she has. Oh, she's. I have to take a picture. Yeah, it's her. All right, she's I got to get out of here. Okay. So, stay in the mix. Time.
0: God damn son <laughs> of a bitch.
1: Stay calm, man. Stay in the mix.